Welcome to this week's Caddy Wampus Podcast. I'm Kirk Driscoll, your host. I've got a good friend of mine here with us today. Ray, thank you so much for man for being willing to to show up and share and be transparent today with us. Grateful for you. It's my pleasure. Yeah, man. So I was sitting there thinking, I know we always try to put how we know each other. Had we met before I had bought the car shop or when we did we meet at when I bought Alfredo Service Center? Is that where we'd met? We we met there. We met there. Right there. Uh, yeah. So I remember, you know, it's like uh, I buy the service center that had been there for 30 years. Don't know anything about the car repair business. Still don't. I can tear up a car really good. I can't fix one. Right. I like them, drive them fast and jack them up, you know, a big truck. Right. Right. But I can't fix them. And so it was pretty interesting buying that shop. But everybody was there had a purpose of why they wanted to work, you know, why they wanted to work there. So it was pretty much all felons or folks that were in recovery is the whole shift around. It was a, it owned it a little over two and a half years. It was awesome. Awesome. And the guy that bought it from us is continuing to keep growing it. And, and uh, it, it's pretty, pretty cool. But I met a lot of really interesting people, you being one of them. Right. But I remember just the conversations around there. You were always very transparent. And very open with just kind of where you had been and what life was like and and all that. So it's uh, pretty pretty awesome. But if you um, if you can, just tell me we'll just kind of quick, just kind of what your day to day is. You know, where you live around this area, wife, kids, kind of. You know, I know what you do and where well, you are. I I moved to Georgia in 2010. Yeah, and uh, wanted out of the car business, and you know it was. A lot of bad, evil stuff and wanted to get away from it and uh, didn't know anything else. Yeah. Did not go to school, not educated. So I got sucked back in and, uh, you know, it's part of my blood and fell back into it. Yeah. And, you know, my life in the car business has always been crazy and wild. Yeah. And uh, the way I lived and, you know, I just wanted away from it. But unfortunately, I stayed in it. And when I look at it, it's like, well, is it unfortunate because where I'm at it happened for a reason? Yeah. You know, like pulling into your shop. Yeah. All the other mission stations were closed and yours was the only one open. So I said, turn around, go in there. And I did. And uh, met a good friend. Oh, yeah, man. And uh, it's, it's been an awesome journey. Well, it's just a crossover. I don't own the shop anymore, but we still we probably talk more now than we did and connect more than when I did own the shop. Kids go to the same school, or my youngest and probably, I guess, your oldest. You're only go to the same go to the same school now, so we see each other around there a little bit. And so it's just, um, it's pretty cool. And then to be able to have a relationship, someone trusts you enough to share um, with those that are uh, going to be seeing this and doing this. So we're, we're, I'm grateful for that, that to have it. So I'm grateful for all those business opportunities, those things that I've done in the past, because I've always tried to create relationships. It's never been transactionally focused. It's always relationally focused. And um I had some really good relationships that were developed and uh, when we owned Alfred Service Center. So it's pretty awesome. So thanks for being here. As we got to jump into it, man, like 
what I know we were, you were asking, you're like, man, what does cattywampus mean, right? Like we've <laughs> all experienced it. I grew up hearing it, but it's just when your world is jacked up, imploding, you know, askew, awkward, just, you know, there's several other words that maybe we shouldn't say here on this right. one, but you can imagine what they are. So what's that cattywampus moment in your life you want to share? Well, real quick, getting to the word. I had to look it up, of course, and this thing that stood out is out of control, going in the wrong direction. Yeah. And uh, I don't know anything about that. I've never, I've always been straight, like, right yeah. ahead a lot. Yeah. Running control, right? Yeah. And all, I've got this. It's, yeah. Yeah. Such a false belief. And, and, you know, really, I believed that my whole life, that I was in control. Yeah. And I had to do everything myself. I couldn't let my guard down and ask you for help. Yeah. That's not how I learned. Right. And uh, it took a long time. And uh, basically for me, it took me getting caught. And backed in the corner on the bottom, you know, when you're down and you only got one way to go is to look up. And that's what it took for me. And no, that down. That moment where you're down, what does that look like? Uh, it was pretty ugly. I was in a jail cell yep. and uh, praying to God to get me out of there. But that wasn't his idea. And uh, it was in 2017. Mm. And uh, I, I was done. You know, my third marriage and... Uh, there's no way out, you know, I'm going to lose everything and maybe go to jail and, uh, didn't like, didn't like that, you know? Yeah. It, it was rough. So did you call your wife from jail or I actually told her before I was going to get arrested and had to turn myself in and looking back, it was part of my path because I was starting to go in the right direction, getting involved in men's groups and, uh, you know, wasn't transparent with them. Wasn't open and honest. Was that was really going on who I was. Yeah. You know, double life. Yeah. It's, but it's that I've experienced in a lot of men's groups. If you're sitting there and if they're faith-based or non-faith-based, which just, which just call it just a men's group. And, and first person's kind of go around and share and, you know, hey, how was your week? Oh, you know, it was kind of tough. I, I didn't get that deal closed that I needed, right? And next guy's like, oh, yeah, you know, I kind of, I, I, I argued with my wife or I didn't, I didn't do, I didn't journal that, you know, every day this week or I didn't read the Bible, whatever it might be. The guy that's got that bombshell, like, dude, I just, you know, here's, I called these three people. I did this, you know, like what? What was that like? Your desire was to quit doing what you were doing, but the group is like, you can't take something so deep if everybody else is not willing to be that transparent at times. Do you find that to be true or not? not Absolutely. True? Absolutely. It, it was a process first for me to learn about being open, honest, and transparent, yeah. which is not how I was taught. Uh, in the car business and, you know, for my dad at a young, at a young age, a young adult age, yeah. 
However, that was a choice I made, and it took me a long time to realize I made the wrong choice. Yeah. Well, it's like if you, we, we live this uh, life that everybody sees, but then we have a, a, per, a private life that's full of lies and deception and, I mean, just lust and pain and just all those things. It's it's hard, you know. It, it's hard to to share those, and like how you navigate out. And you know, some find a way to navigate it out, but a lot of them find themselves in a jail cell, or in the back of a police car, or handcuffed in a hotel, or handcuffed on the side of the street, or wh- wherever. And it's like, okay, I'm called. So like, here's that. It's a forced exit, right. rather than a, a volunteer you know, p- position because it's, it gets so complicated. And so from there, but sitting in the jail cell, did you think it was possible or what did you just, you knew you were at the end at this point in time, but did you think it was possible to, to come out of that darkness? I was desperate. You know, I was willing to do what it took and you have to want in anything and do the work to yeah. get it done. Yeah. You just can't say, please help me, yeah. you know, because I tried that a long time and it didn't work. <laughs> it was when I was ready to surrender mm-hmm. and realize that I'm not in control. I can't yeah. control of this. Yeah. You know, I need help yeah. for, for me to talk to another brother, another person in my life that I have relationships with. And tell him I'm struggling. I need help. Yeah. You know, and pick up the phone. If that person don't answer, you call the next one. Yeah. And uh, by the time you get to that third message that you're leaving, you're okay. Yeah. You know? But you shared your burden, kind of divided your burden. You know, and that's the thing. So what what would you say through all that struggle? And like some people, when they when you said there is like we we were just talking uh, about it before we started recording, you know, if it's an eating disorder, you know, and you're trying to stay, maintain a healthy balance, like I want to be healthy and fit, but is that my addiction telling me that I shouldn't eat anymore? Or is that me being conscious that I want to, you know, eat if, um, if it's around alcohol, I can't do it. Right. I'm just not, I'm like, I, I can't have a healthy regulation. Um, I'm not going to rate, I'm going to regulate it poorly every time. Cause my addiction or my desires of my past, right? Are going to, if I quit doing the things I'm doing, those things are going to bubble up and it's just not something, it's not healthy for me to do. I'm not bound by it anymore, but I know I can get really wrapped back up in it really quick if I quit doing those things. But um, other areas of life, there's triggers all the time for you, right? Like it's right. Like, um, but how, how, what have you learned through this? For, for something that won't bother me, right? I may, I mean, I'm, I'm saying not going to bother me. Wouldn't have the same effect if I didn't have developed the skills that you developed. So, like, how how do you manage that? You know, well, I think there's tools in everything, and there's tools in life on a daily basis. And uh, there's many times we forget to use those tools, like getting up and surrendering. Our day that yeah. it, you know you realize that man it's eleven thirty I'm 
scatterbrained. I can't find this. I can't. What was I supposed to do? And be like, mm, the first thing I should have did was surrender everything yeah. and ask for help. But the tools, whether it's the men's group, whether it's, you know, uh, counseling, there, there's various things. And when you get away from them, you can see the disarray in your life. And to notice that, like an alarm going off and realize, hey, you're getting out of balance here. Right. You know, it's like, uh, stop eating. Stop eating. You know, you ate one slice, two slices of cake. So, you know, you're bringing it now. You're like, you want. Yeah. But in that study, in that study, it's uh, it's that that compulsiveness is not feeding that desire. Right. It's like if it's if it's not that thing. Right. Then it's it's easier to regulate. It's easier to regulate healthy balances around some of those areas in life. Um, I would say if you're out of balance, really out of balance in one, there's going to be several areas of your life that are very out of balance, right? Um, you're not probably doing a lot of the things that are necessary to be healthy and productive in other in other areas. What's what are a couple of the tools that you learned um, coming from that from from the jail cell to sitting in support groups and running them now for men? Um, like what what are some of those tools that you've learned? To navigate through this? I, I think the biggest part of it, before you even know that you got to use your tools, is finding out the why. When you, when you learn the why and you realize that, it's okay, is it a false belief? Because usually it's developed behind that, that, okay, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. Now, do I get triggered to feel that way? Yeah, it's a default that's programmed in my brain. So I have to do the work to get out of that and realize I'm wonderfully made, you know, and connecting yourself to that. And I think the first thing is starting out with prayers and, you know, having that intimate relationship with our Heavenly Father before anything and is the main key that, yeah, that you're wonderfully made, Raymond. Yeah. You know, you're a child of God. Mm-hmm. And then second, that, okay, my wife is a child of God. Am I treating her like that right now? And he's a child of God. The guy who just cut me off is, that, that is a hard concept mm-hmm. to love everyone. Yeah. And that's a huge part of it. And then, of course, having the backup, the boundaries, the, the guys call. Uh, what, was the, what are some boundaries you've put in place for you? So someone's watching this, like, what, what, are, what are some of the things that you've done? Well, for me, it's being on the Internet that I'm not going to go to uh, Facebook other than the work-related. I'm not going to go on social media. Uh, I'm not going to let something drop on my lap or take that chance for the exposure. Yeah. Uh, it's me, you know, to have cameras in my office that my wife has access to, to have a tracker on my phone, to have a blocker on my phone and my other devices. Uh, those are all things to, to guide me. 
you know, the kind of guardrails in some yeah. aspect. Yeah, dollars in my wallet, only a certain amount. And uh, there's days I come home and have more, and I tell my wife, I'm taking this $200 and putting it aside for when we go out to dinner. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, where'd you get it from? Yeah. yeah. You know? And I'm like, uh, yeah. Yeah. But so the thing is, there is like, when we look at it, if we set in uh, a boundary in that, we just look at it on the phone, right? Then it, it it's preventing a behavior, right? This is a, that would start on the phone that most likely is where it's targeted. It drops on, it drops on. You don't necessarily have to go looking for it, right? right? If they can, they're pretty creative in the way that they can find our weaknesses. Oh, man. And so they can see it, then they're going to exploit it. And so you're going to go from the phone to the internet, to a location, to absolute destruction and chaos, right? Right. And it's like, when someone that doesn't understand that, it's like, man, it's just look at it. It's like, how in the world? How, you, you, you got a beautiful wife. You got a kid. You got business. You got all this family. You got all this stuff going on. You're like, what are you doing? You're like, what are you doing? That uh, that obsession that to take over is like, how how does that happen? You, you from and from just your experience, right? Like to where the phone wasn't enough, the computer wasn't enough. Like, how how does that progression? It, well, it's the why, you know, growing up feeling I'm not good enough. Okay. So if I medicate, I feel good enough. I feel better. Mm. So I feel down again. So medicate again. Uh, it's raining out. Um, medicate. It's, you know, I, I just smashed my car. So medicate. You know, it's it's easy for your brain to think that, that I'm just going to do this. It's going to make me feel better. Mm. And there's such a struggle, and I find it still. I mean, it's not like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to struggle anymore. Yeah. It's humanly impossible, I think, not to have a struggle. Right. And the desire, but it's when you realize that and surrender it you know and and want to go on that track of you know how you live uh, and making the next right decision rather than exactly uh, not a bad decision but not the healthiest and then that leads you to the next and then it's like they don't the progression of decisions you know from one to ten looks awful right or from one to two is not bad no two to three is not bad it's like oh it's not that bad three or four it's like oh that's not bad but, you know, no one, you know, when you jump from one to 10, it's out of control chaos, right? But if right. it's that slow progression, and and that's what I try to talk with guys and, and folks to see is they don't understand how it can go from one to 10. And I'm like, well, it's, it it generally is over a period of point in time and, and, and thought process without those blockers or without those disciplines, without that accountability, whatever it is for that person to keep them from going to that vice, right? That's going to make them feel worthy, mm-hmm. right? And we all know it's like, as soon as it's done, we don't feel worthy. We feel worse. It it um, it, it, it 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 right at the end of it, right? I mean, we're the best at it, convincing ourselves we're the best salesperson. Yeah, because uh, we believe it. Yeah, and it's so true that yeah, yeah. If so you believe something, you're gonna do it. Yeah, we had talked through. Um, I don't know a couple of things that you said, but. 
those double D's, those daily disciplines. I know you said you got in the word, you were calling people and, and making your, and just checking in with them, but also letting them know how you were, how you were doing. Right. Do you have anything else you do daily to keep you in balance and make sure that the guardrails are still in place so that you don't end up back where you were? I would say that the main thing, and I fall short of it some days, getting up and thank, being thankful that I have today. Yeah. And uh, when I do, my my life starts to get disarray. I lose things. I forget where I put this. Uh, you know, it's just scattered. And uh, you got to get back to reality and, you know, the way I do that always is through prayer and silence and just disconnect from everything and realize that I need your help. You know, I, I need you, please. And 10 minutes later, I'm like, thank you. And there's times you just keep rolling then, but there's times when you, you stop to be thankful and grateful for just what you're given or you don't even see it. Yeah. You don't even see it. And that's the thing is like when we're stuck in the mess and that's where I really want you here. Just uh, in a second, we're going to just look just in this one camera rather than to me. Right. And for that guy that is so bound up in the lies, you know, it's like, and I don't know, it's like, it's so hard. It's like, we, we want to admire and we're, we're drawn to the opposite set, right? Like it's, there's a, there's a, there's a yearning of connection. We're not built to be alone, but we distort, uh, we distort it so badly at times. I think where we, the person is closest to us that we love the most. And we just then turn around and distort the lust driven desires and everything. And it's like, it's like, well, it's just something that goes from this, a click to click, to click to uh, a jail cell, right? It's like, how did a click end up in jail? Right? Like it's, Hmm. Oh, it's, uh, it's there. And for that guy that's just clicking, right. Is this, this is just a one, two, three, right. Like, what would you share with him that, that would hopefully just turn him back, turn him back the direction that he needs to go rather than, you know, he's at three, right. Mm-hmm. You've been to 10 where you're calling your wife talking to her and letting her know, Hey, I'm going to jail. Right. Um, he's just clicking. What would you tell if you're looking at that camera, what would you tell him of what that progression looks like and what he needs to avoid and what it's and for the guy too, that's stuck all the way at 10, that there's hope on the other side. What would you tell him? Like I shared, it's so, easy to convince yourself that it's okay and just to i'll be okay this one time and god's got a different plan for you and to realize that what what he's done for you and after the fact i thought how disrespectful i am when I was doing stuff like that and to really understand that and to realize 
you don't have you're you're not accepting the grace and there's nothing you could do to earn it or deserve it and just to want him to live in you uh wow it's that simple when you think about it it's just finding that clear moment to realize that that you know somebody died for my sins before i was born it was a hard concept but when you understand that and you love our heavenly father it's so clear oh. you know it it really is it you got to get out of that fog mm-hmm. yeah long enough to to realize what what's pulling you there and you know yeah. do i want to get better do i want to get well you know yeah. i went to a place Bavesta, and that's the first thing they do people who want to get better go to this side of the room and the two guys that didn't go they said okay see ya you know yeah. uh, it's like that's simple and well, and, you know where that side of the room is going to end back up and unfortunately, there's a bunch of people that went on that other side, want to get well, but they're not willing to do the work. You got to do the work. Yeah. You know? Well, I appreciate you being willing to share. I know it is not a um, an easy or sensitive subject um, to come around, but I just want, I want someone that's watching this to have heard this. And if you want to have a private one-on-one conversation with my with my buddy here, um, I know you're willing to to do that because clicking will end up where a click doesn't satisfy that what you're what you're yearning for. Will it? it, it, it that right. That that will that will fade. And so, if you're trying to fill some void with a click and a view and and that type kind of interaction, it will it will come to a point where that's not enough. And you will end up where you ended up, and that's completely broken in a jail cell, full of humility, you know, just mm. of shame and guilt and remorse. And there's a and and this, it, you don't have to keep doing what you're doing. Let us help you break free of that cycle and live truly free. Um, so I'm grateful for you sharing. Thank you for watching. Please share this with someone that you might think could benefit from it and check back next week for another great episode of Caddy Wampus.